that cigar. Whoa! How about that cigar? It's Tuesday. It's 8.30 Central Time. And we are back. We are back and uh, ready for action. Like it or not, we're here. But we know you do. We know you do like it. I'm not going to say why we know that. Uh, Big Pickle checking in. Right off the bat. Mr. Crawford. Mr. Crawford, sir. Holler. We got bugs. Dude. It's warm enough to have doors and windows opened. And the buggies. So we got bugs. I, I got worms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we hope everybody's doing well on this Tuesday night. It's finally starting to turn into something that feels a little bit like spring. It really does. Around here. Well, because it's been, I mean, pretty consistent. We haven't uh, had a snowstorm in a good uh, nearly a week. Ten days. I think, yeah, it's been ten days yeah. since we had a snowstorm. Uh, Must be some kind of record. Man alive. So, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. What is that? Wow. That's how that's how, that's how loud your speaker Oh, that's how behind. Yeah. All right, everybody, oh. this evening... We are smoking the uh, Petit Lancero of the Tatuaje Black Label, sometimes called the Private Reserve. And uh, <laughs> uh, Pickle says, "How about that? Uh, uh, how about that cigar? Not how about that weather?" Oh, really? Nah, 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 nah. I see what you did. I there. dig the comedy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Tatawahe Black Label Petite Lancero 6x38. It is a Nicaraguan sun-grown Criollo wrapper with Nicaraguan binder and filler. MSRP, $8.50. Mm. So, by all means, look forward at your local brick-and-mortar retailer. If they don't carry it, ask them to. And if they refuse, there are plenty what, of what online, plenty of online retailers that carry it. What do you do if they refuse? Um, I think you start with a temper tantrum. You you immediately fall to the ground, uh, and you start doing the windmill. You know the old, the old uh, Three Stooges. Yep, 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 yep. I think you immediately go to that. Uh, I would. Uh maybe write a strongly worded letter. Okay. You can try that. Let me know how it works out for you. Trenda. Good to see you, brother. Thanks for tuning in. So the, uh, you may have seen on our website this week, there's been well over the past week, I should say, there's been a lot of activity in the podcast realm. And mainly that's because I've been getting caught up. We had a lot of episodes, you know, because we, the first time we did the podcast, we recorded it live just on a little handheld recorder mm-hmm. uh, and and posted that. And then we decided to switch it up. Uh, and we then, you know, got some nicer microphones, as you can see, recorded it. And then I had to uh, do a little basic editing and add some intro and outro music and get a, 
um, put up on Podbean. So, um, but anyway, long story short, I was getting caught up on getting all the podcast episodes ready for publishing. And so over the last four days, basically I got caught up on all the podcast episodes. Um, so an update on the podcasts. We are live on Google. So you can now search for HBTC podcast or how about that cigar through the Google podcast app on your Android device or just through doing a Google search for the HBTC podcast. Uh, it's also available on iOS. It, not yet. Oh, really? So here, yeah. So Apple is giving me headaches getting the podcast published properly. It's where it's where it's searchable from the catalog. Got it. Yes, you can play it, but the only way to play it is to go in search for Apple Podcasts and then paste in the whole um, RSS feeds URL, which is a pain in the ass. So I'm working on getting it searchable um, so that you can simply search for HBTC Podcast or How About That Cigar and you'll it'll take you immediately to it um, coming soon. But anyway, uh, through Google, you can get it through um, a few other, um, I guess, lesser known podcast providers. Um, there's there's five or six podcast providers that it's searchable and available in their catalog through now. Apple soon to come. I'm still working on it. We'll get to you, Apple peeps. We'll get to you. All right. Uh, so for those who just joined, this is the Tatawahe Black Label. This, in my opinion, is one of the great cigars under $10. It is stupid good. Yeah. Um, and how long have, have you had these? Uh, I bought these in late August. And uh, uh, there was a the Tatuaje event at Tobacco Grove in August. Yeah. Oh yeah. And um, so I bought these there, and they actually are were made not long, or they were boxed not long before that event. So they were boxed in July of 2018 because Tatuaje is one of the few um, non-Cuban brands to stamp dates on the bottom of their boxes thank goodness they do that i wish everybody did Risty says fuck Risty says okay all right i can identify with that i can appreciate that but hey bring the bring the realness absolutely oh no he says Risty says hi as oh uh, well it kind of it was 420 like three days ago dude are you still riding that way still I mean, you gotta come down. You gotta come down sometime, right? Yeah. I don't know if I'm proud or worried. Todd Morris, what's up, brother? So the, yeah, the black label. I bought this box at the event back in August. Um, it's as far as the regular production stuff goes from Tatuaje. Um, I, I, I love the black label. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely love. I mean, obviously, I bought this box, right. so it's a cigar that I enjoy all the time. But if I had to pick between between one of their regular production lines, um, I would probably still go back to the original, the brown label. The brown label, absolutely. The the uh, the size, the uh, they call it the the ratios, which is like a sort of like a Toro-ish size. 
okay. maybe five and a half by 52 or six by 52. I just, I love it. It's great, great stuff. So I decided I was poking around in the humidor for what we were going to smoke on the show tonight. And I said, Oh, cause I haven't had one of these out of this box in a while. So I said, yeah, let's, uh, let's fire those up. And here we are. Dun, dun, dun. All right. So, uh, moving on to our first segment of the show. Uh, welcome everybody. Thanks for, uh, tuning in. If you feel so inclined, we'd love it. If you would share the show on share it, your feed on, um, you know, a group, um, sharing is caring. Did you just say sharing is caring? I did. Wow. Is that an after school special? Mm -hmm. Nice. Actually, I have my PSA later. We'll get to that. But segment one is uh, the shooting star. Da, 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 da. The more you know. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Education is power. <laughs> Knowledge is power. Education. Oh, so good. Wow. Yeah. Big versus small cigar companies. Pros and cons of each. Yeah, it was something I was thinking about. Um, and I actually, this, one of the biggest reasons I know I'm a nerd is because this is stuff I think about all the time. Um, you hear a lot of talk in the cigar community, especially online and forums and Facebook, because people get have a tendency to get kind of fearless on Facebook or fearless on discussion boards and forums and things like that. Uh, because there's, you know, there's usually not much anybody can do to you um, unless Facebook puts you in Facebook jail. But of all the cigar brands that are out there that we know a lot about, you know, you've got the big brands, um, especially the conglomerates like General Cigar, Altidus, um, and then you've got the brands that are big on their own, like Rocky, Fuente. like Fuente, like Gurkha, like um, Villager. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you wouldn't think of going there off the top of your head, but you're right. They really are big. They are. Oliva. So, Oliva. And then you go to the other side of that, and you talk about the small cigar brands. Um, you talk about um, Roma Craft. You talk about um, JSK. JSK, Black Label Trading Company, mm -hmm. um, Ohana. HVC, 1502, you know, a lot of these smaller brands, Crux. Um, I mean, I could keep going forever. I'm going to forget more than I remember, but. Swisher. So, yeah, Swisher is a little, tiny little, little guy. tiny little company. Um, but honestly, that's a good point is Swisher, you know, being that they own Drew Estate since uh, 2014, 2015, somewhere in there. 15. And. Yeah. Um, I mean, that puts Drew Estate squarely in the category of the giant right. cigar makers. Yeah. They have they have their own factories, and that's plural factories. They have um, they make I I don't even know how many sticks every year, and that's just premium cigars. You know, we're not talking machine made. We're not talking seconds. Seconds. We're talking regular release. Handmade production. cigars that, that they put out every year. Um, so Drew Estate is squarely in the in the category of, of 
mammoth companies. And then on top of that, imagine, so something a lot of people don't think about too is, um, yeah, it's a huge production to have all of this tobacco, all of these, uh, all these rollers, rolling all these different cigars. Where do those cigars go into? Boxes for a lot of them. A lot of these bigger guys have their own huge box factory. Yeah. You know, so on top of the cigars, they've got box factories that uh, they're putting together boxes. And yeah, that's totally true. They've got their right on site. They'll have a separate building where they are. I mean, sometimes separate building, other times just a separate space. But yeah, they make their own boxes. They do their own artwork. They stamp their own uh, artwork on the boxes. Um, typically, I mean, 99% of the time, bands come from some other company. I can't think of a company, cigar company, that rolls their own cigars and makes their own bands. I don't think that's a thing. Um, if it is, you know, let me know. I just don't know of any. But so you talk about these cigar companies and what you, what I hear a lot in discussion forums and just talks with friends, um, Facebook, things like that. You get, you see, and you hear a lot of hate for different brands. Um, and I almost think of it sometimes in the same realm as like the, uh, the Yankee syndrome or the Patriot syndrome, where once somebody reaches a certain status level, then the haters start coming out of the woodwork, mm -hmm. you know, the haters start coming out and, yep. um, Sometimes the fact is sometimes it's justified. Um, but nine times out of 10, I think eight times out of 10, whatever it is, I think a lot of these companies that grow to a certain size and really become super successful and start putting out millions of cigars, you know, every week, every month, maybe um, they get way more hate than they deserve. And that's, that's one of the things I, I wanted to, you know, to kind of touch on was, um, there's a lot of, because when you look at it and it's, when you break it down to the purest elements of what, what we're really talking about, you know, we're talking about a premium cigar that is, you know, whole leaf premium tobacco that's cultivated, that's grown and cared for by human hands. Then it's primed, then it's cured then it's fermented, stored. then it's stored, then it's shipped, then it's stored again, sometimes for years on end before it gets, you know, somewhat rehydrated. So it's workable enough to roll into cigars. And then, you know, it comes to us after whatever period of time it's got to come to us. And if you break it down to its purest elements, the, the cigar that's made of those raw materials with, with generally the same raw materials and generally the same process, with some exceptions of obviously, but generally the same process. It's farmed, it's grown the same way, it's primed the same way, cured, fermented, stored the same way, again, with some exceptions. Mm -hmm. And then it's bunched the same way, rolled the same way, banded the same way, boxed the same way, shipped the same way, and smoked the same way. And yet there are some brands who have people lining up to hate on them. Right. And other and and you think, well, okay, so 
look, if you take a look at the bare bones process, it's basically exactly the same product again, with some exceptions. It's, it's so, so what's different and why do some of those big brands get hate? Part of me thinks that some of it is people, um, people hate on success sometimes. What do you think about that? You know, the fact that people like people line up to hate on the Yankees, people line up to hate on the Patriots, but they've had great success. Right. And people, I've seen people line up to hate on certain cigar brands. And I just, you know, I think, why? Why do people line up to hate on those brands? So what do you, and sometimes, sometimes you can have, you can get a bad box of cigars. Yeah. You can get a bad fiber of cigars and, you know, maybe you get more, more bad ones from one brand than another. But what do you think, uh, what do you think brings all that on? To quote a great lyricist, Peter's going to hate. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to shake. Uh, for real, I think, um, you know, not to, that was both funny and for real. Like, I believe that there are people who just love to hate things that are just, they are born and bred to uh, complain, to, um, shake their fist at the sky and success just brings that on, yeah. you know, whether it is, uh, deserved success or dumb luck success or whatever. Yeah. Uh, people just get offended by that. Um, and there's going to be a, a population that gets offended by it. And that kind of attention can be contagious. We've seen anything like that and I don't know if people see anything like that on Facebook or the media at all that doesn't happen I don't think <laughs> um, but it, it's just uh, one of those things that you know we as a people um, you get somebody who hates on it pretty soon someone's like yeah they suck because right. they're so awesome right you know that's just people when it feels like it maybe i i think it's happening a lot just kind of in general it's not just about cigars or beer or sports teams or truck companies you know chevy sucks oh ford sucks whatever it is yeah um you know and then promise we're not going to talk about politics but it is mm -hmm. something that you know we see a lot in the last however half dozen years you know, where it's just ramping up like you know you hate you know so and so because you said something bad about him well no i don't hate him I just don't like X, Y, and Z. So it could be a cigar company. Oh man, I had a really crappy cigar from company X. Mm -hmm. And somebody's like, well, you hate that cigar company. No, I don't. I just, I had a really shitty cigar from them last week. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it was terrible. I mean, we've, we've, I think we can all agree that we've had shitty cigars from top notch, high dollar companies and shitty cigars from tiny little, companies that you know make budget you know inexpensive cigars or yep. that have tiny factories it happens you know but cinco vegas yeah i'm we we can name names yeah i'm just saying that there was a um a shout out to uh tim and his uh dog rocket herf that he oh yeah yeah every year and I remember before 
uh, we even lit up, we had a chance to kind of preview some of the cigars. And this one particular cigar, we were, you know, there's a group of us that were like, dude, that's got to be a Cuban. You know, it just looked, it looked right, the roll, the color, the wrap, I mean, it just looked legit. And I pulled the number for that cigar. And I it, smoked it, it. I was like, I was like, this is good. This is great. This has got to be a Cuban. And then, and then uh, Tim asked me for my final thoughts. Like, is it for real? And I was like, I don't know. It's good. I love it. You know, it's a good cigar. Um, and it turned out to be a uh, Cinco Vegas. <laughs> Are you serious? That's serious. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, that that still hasn't died. <laughs> yeah, you can't live that down. Um, also, Risty pulled out some numbers, and he said the last he heard, Drew Estate was like 120,000 a day cigars. A day, yeah. And that was a while ago. Yeah, that's. Uh, I I don't doubt that a bit, and I don't. I also don't doubt that it's more than that today. Oh, you yeah. know, in April of 2019, I don't doubt that it's bigger than that. Um. And then you look at uh, the big conglomerate companies that have multiple factories like Altidus and General. Um, the amount of cigars they're putting out every day has to be five times that. You would think it's got to be because look at all the brands. How many how many brand facings does Drew Estate have versus how many brand facings Altidus. General Cigar has? General, yeah. I mean, the, the numbers are staggering. Yep. Um, but the only reason I bring this topic up is just to help maybe kind of encourage us all to, uh, you know, maybe slow down a little bit when we start jumping into the conversation and maybe hating on some of the big, some of the big boys, you know, because um, they all started out as little cigar companies for the, for the most part, they all started out as little cigar companies. And like I said before, they are the, the raw materials and the process is largely no different. Lar yep. It's largely, it's no different. Yes. There are differences, so but then let me uh, be a little bit of devil's advocate here, Matt, and ask you, how should one judge a cigar? Because for me, how I judge a cigar and and the company making said cigar or cigars is by the products that they put out. Um, there are some of those big guys who are putting out just, I would say 80% of the things that they are putting out are good, <clears throat> excuse me, good to great cigars. Yeah. With that 20% margin of, hey, they've got a few shit ones in there that I would consider. Yeah. But even those 20%, there's uh, men and women out there who that's their daily. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Um, so for me, how I judge uh, both a cigar and a company is about the product that they put out. Um, the, uh, that's it in a nutshell for me. Yeah. It's about the product that they put out from, um, the the quality of the cigar and that is a pretty vague um, statement but well that's how I that's how I know and that's totally you should judge it on the on the experience but from for me 
Um, and I think it's this basically goes with is it's about consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, there we go. And it's about the consistency of the experience. You know, if I buy a box, you know, I buy a box of these cigars, the Tatuaje Black Label. How many of these are going to be plugged or have off flavors or canoe or tunnel or whatever it is versus how many of them are going to smoke and smoke properly and taste the way that I remember them tasting. Right. And so that's what it's about for me is consistency. If I get a, if, if, because there have been many times that I've, smoked a cigar for the first time and not liked it and it's sometimes it'll turn out to be this big name cigar that everybody's raving about they say oh you got to try this i try it and i don't like it yeah and if i were just to never go back to that cigar again i could easily be missing out just because maybe i just got a dud you know out of the batch it happens it's a handmade product yep with wrong you know with with natural materials that that it's not out of the realm of possibility one is going to sneak through oh absolutely so well, that and there's a hype factor too that i see. oh yeah you know uh, every once in a while there's a cigar that'll come out maybe it's an annual cigar or it's a um, limited release and you know people read about this and they get all hyped up for it and um, they're trying it and, and you know majority of the people are like dude, I would sell my children for, you know, this <laughs> yeah. cigar. Um, and there's times where, yep, I agree. And then there's times I'm like, I didn't have that cigar. Yeah. And so prime example for me was the, uh, uh, the Jaime Garcia, uh, Reserva. Um, it, when it mm. came out in, uh, I want to say it came out in 2014 or mm. 2013. It was everywhere on social media and the forums. Everybody was saying, oh, this cigar is so great. You got to try it. I went out and I bought one and I smoked it and I hated it. It was so bad. And it turns out I just got a dud because six months later, I bought another one and it was fantastic. And then I loved it ever since. So it's, and there have been other examples. So the same, same thing happening with other brands. Um, But, but consistency, if, you know, there are some brands, I'm not going to name them right now, but there are some brands that I've given them second chances and third chances and fourth chances and 10th chances. And it's just too often, the percentage is too high where I get off flavors or a shitty burn. Yeah. And I just, that makes me less and less likely to go back and spend my money on those cigars. Yep. Uh, and and it, it does happen, but a lot of the brands that I see getting hate, um, are do really make some good cigars yeah oh they really do and um i just what part of it is i don't want people to miss out on some cigars on the market that are really good and consistent and solid and flavorful Mm -hmm. and and a good value and you know just because there's this sort of uh mob mentality of you know oh that brand sucks um and right. I don't want people to miss out on that. What about, what would you say about Budweiser? So, okay. So Budweiser, and, and I've done this for as long as I can remember where I've used beer and equated it to the cigar industry. Where you've got these massive brewing companies like Budweiser and Coors yeah. and Miller and whatever the, you know, the, the massive brewers. 
you know, that have, that sell a trillion gallons of beer every six months or whatever the number is. So those can be attributed to your Altidus, your General Cigar, your Gurkha, your, you know, whatever, whatever your favorite enormous brand of cigars are. And then you've got the smaller breweries like, you know, I'm drinking this hazy IPA from a, a brewer in Connecticut. I'm sorry, I don't remember the name of the brewer, but it's this, it's this hazy IPA. They, this brewery probably only puts out 10,000 liters of beer, I don't know, a, a month or a year. Or, you know, they probably don't make a lot of beer. And so you, then you've got small brands like whether it's JSK or Roma Craft or Black Label Trading Company. You know, these are, these are, there are a lot of small brands in the cigar industry who have their cigars made at big factories. And I have no problem with that. You know, Crux and, um, um, well, even, even Tatuaje, you know, doesn't have their own factory. All the Tatuaje cigars are either made in Miami or they're made in, in Nicaragua at the My Father factory. Um, but so many of these brands are made at larger factories and they do a great job. But then there are a few of the smaller brands that do have their own factories. And like it or not, I do think it makes a difference when that brand owner can have a tighter control on what's going on in the factory and can, can either be there in person or have trusted people there in person to keep an eye on quality control, you know, like Mombacho, like, like Roma craft, like black label trading company, they have their own space. They have their own factories. They're doing their own thing. And, um, I do think it makes, um, that it makes a difference, but then you've got, you know, um, you look at Steve Saka, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. You know, he when he left Drew Estate and he had the non-compete for a while, he couldn't be in the business, and then he came back. He's not he didn't spend the money to build his own factory. And I see no problem with that because he went to really trusted factories, you know, like Hoya uh, and like uh, Naxa that 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 are putting together quality cigars on a consistent basis. And he knew he could trust them and he already had relationships with them. Um, and I have to give a, a thank you and a plug to Steve Saka from Dunbarton. Uh, this morning or this afternoon, I posted the review of the Sin Compromiso, uh, which if you haven't tried the Dunbarton Sin Compromiso, you really need to go out and buy it. It, it got an extremely high score on HowAboutThatCigar.com. And you need to go um, check out uh, Steve's social media because Steve, Steve went and shared the review that we posted. And I just want to thank him for that because um, for, for any brand owner, you know, when we take the time and we spend the money out of our own pocket to review cigars and, you know, take time out of our own schedules, we review these cigars because we care about the industry and it's, it's a culture that's important to us. And we're not looking for any, you know, um, ticker tape parades or anything, but when when a brand owner like Steve or somebody else shares out on social media a link to that review, that means as much to us as it does when a cigar consumer or a fan posts on social media. You know, if somebody's a big fan of, of Dunbarton cigars 
and they and they post one of those on Instagram or Facebook or something like that, that means a lot to Steve. Or if somebody does it for a Romacraft cigar, I know that means a lot to Skip and Mike. And so for any time one of those guys shares out something from how about that cigar, I just want Steve to know and everybody to know that's not lost on us. That means so much because it means that they are, they like what we have to say and they're, and they're paying attention. And that really means, means a lot. So just wanted to put out that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Big thanks. So Budweiser back to the Budweiser thing. Sorry, I got off track, but what I, what I wrote down on our sort of talking points for tonight was this is going to sound crazy, but at one point in time, long, long time ago, Budweiser was a craft brewery. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, it just has to be. Hashtag change my mind. Yeah. It was a craft brewery, Budweiser. Massive conglomerate Budweiser that makes 600 trillion gallons of beer every 20 minutes. They were a craft brewery at one point. And... It, it, I, I just think of those things sometimes. Sometimes it gives me a little perspective, and then I can hopefully look at things a little bit more objectively when I'm evaluating cigars or beer or whatever it might be. Yeah, and I mean, at one time there was a, you know, a brewmaster yeah. that was going through just like they would today. Yeah, you know, for their recipe, walking around the floor saying, "Hey, Joe. Hey, Tom. You know, yep. whatever." Or hey, Klaus, and hey, you know, Sven, Rammstein, or whatever. <laughs> Just like you know, the early days of Coca-Cola when they were like, "Just <laughs> put this in some brown shit water and drink it." Back when Coca-Cola was actually Coca-Cola, right? Yeah. So yeah, just something I was thinking about, and uh, so long story short, to wrap this up give a little bit more credence to some of the big brands because you might find yourself surprised yep. sometimes and let your palate be your guide. You yep. know, if, if one cigar sucks, who knows if two or three or four or five suck, then yeah, don't buy them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's okay. There's plenty more in the market for you to, for you to buy. All right. So moving on. Do we want to go? Uh, yeah, what's next? Break or useless facts? Um, let's do useless facts. All right, today's useless fact. This one I thought was pretty cool. All right, so we're going to do an over-under thing. Mm, okay. Yes. All right. And you already saw the page. But I didn't this see the is, page. Okay, good. I have not seen the And this page. is for you guys watching <clears throat> as well uh, and listening as well. So... The verb form of the word run, R-U-N, mm -hmm. the verb form of the word run, has been found to have more than how many meanings? Huh. That's deep. <laughs> All right. So if we're going, uh, huh. 
50. You're going to go with 50? <laughs> go 50. Just a blind. You're a little low. <laughs> There's a little sarcasm in that. Little. You, But you were only off by 600. Oh. See? 650. <clears throat> the, the verb form of the word run has over 650 different meanings. And this is from the piece in the New York Times uh, quite a few years ago, actually. Love it. But you may think that uh, this word simply means to go with quick steps on alternate feet. Um, but no such luck. Um, it took, so, so, and this is another piece. I, I listened to this podcast called Ridiculous History. Where oh, they, yeah. they, it's, I, I'm, I'm a history buff, but I also kind of dig humor. And this ridiculous history, they talk about big historical events and the stupid sort of silly stories in the background that nobody knows about. Yeah. And one of the podcasts they did was about the dictionary. It was actually about how the dictionary came to be a thing. But you think, well, it's a dictionary. It's always been, but, but no, it really hasn't. No, because you go back to the origins of language, um, especially the or origins of the English language in the United States. You know, as it as the the English language morphed over the millennia and made its way to the the, the shores of what's now the United States, uh, it went through you know a lot of different changes. Yep. And so this group got together, this cons consortium got together and said, we need to make a, a reference volume for all of the words. So uh, there were a few people put in charge of, of going out and finding all the words and finding their meanings. And it took a really long time to get all this done. 16th century? Uh, somewhere in that neighborhood, I think. Okay. Yeah. So I highly recommend that you listen to Ridiculous History podcast and find the episode about the dictionary because it's it's really great. And there was a guy named Peter Gilliver who was a lexicographer, um, which is somebody who helps find words and and meanings and origins of words. Um, and well, he was working on the letter R um, for more than nine months just for the word run for over nine months, just working on that word. And it took him uh, just shy of, of 10 months um, of preparatory research to work out what he believes are all of the meanings of the word run. And it's more than 650. Good night, nurse. So um, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of meanings for that word. That is. But you think about the word run and then use it as a verb. We could go on for a while about how many different things it means. So yep. I thought that was kind of interesting, kind of cool. And now, um, one of actually maybe my favorite segment of the show, <laughs> if you have one for us tonight. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Garrett has started us in on this thing where he, he figures out how many people die from X, Y, or Z. And it's, I absolutely love it. It fascinates me and kind of terrifies me at the same time. And we are we had to give it a good name. So now we we move on to my favorite portion of the show, Numero de los Muertos. De los Muertos. All right. 
Matthew Ty. Yes. Um, all right, so about 1.2 million people in North America are injured and about 3,500 people are killed doing this. Every year? Every year. Well, I should say, this is just last year. Uh, the year before, the numbers uh, were actually a little higher, um, but it's still trending up Ooh. annually. Okay. And to give you another little um, data, point at any one time about 660,000 people are doing this in North America in North America 1.4 million injured to 1.2 1.2 million injured 35,000 killed 3,500 3,500 killed and at any given point 650,000 people are doing this mm -hmm. in North America. Yep. Oh. We should almost make this like, like 20 questions, but 20 is too many. Where I get to ask you for five hints. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. Is it an activity done by adults or kids or both? I'm gonna say it's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna help you out there a little bit and say. Um, there's a very small percentage. Um, Mm -hmm. Is that going to give it away? Yeah, let's ask another question. See, that was a good question. Then. Okay. It was. Um, is this activity typically take place in uh, um, uh, daytime or nighttime? I haven't seen any data on that. That's a sneaky answer. That's a politician's <laughs> answer right there. Um, uh, because I will tell you that this activity is an activity that happens around the clock. Around the clock. Is it, is it an activity that you do with your clothes on or off? <laughs> you could do either. Whoa. But uh, typically. Very much typically. Typically on. 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 Okay, last question. Um, is this activity illegal in most places in North America? 
Yes. It's illegal in most places in North America. way too much dead air right now for me thinking is it speeding no but you're in the right realm i'm in okay so it's something to do with driving mm -hmm. all right what is it texting while driving texting while driving wait a minute so right now as we're talking there are six hundred and fifty thousand people in north america that are texting and driving correct holy shit yeah isn't that scary yeah wow so that's why uh, earlier I said I, I would have a PSA later. It is a PSA. You can see the shooting star. Mm -hmm. The more you know. Um, wow. And it kills about 3,500 people every year. And it has now become uh, the most dangerous activity surpassing drinking and driving. So it's, it's I have read that before, that it actually impairs your reaction time worse than booze right that's crazy i actually saw a guy doing it today honked at him and waved and said hi to him yeah there's a in there's a way a, there's a british um biker who has a youtube channel uh i'll try and find it and maybe uh post a link uh but he goes around with his uh you know little uh helmet cam and and uh, he throws stuff at people does he really in cars <laughs> so he'll throw it right in their window if their windows down yep or against the window I would like to do that sometime but I'd probably get in trouble from right? the cops too I know even though sometimes you want so badly to do that I just can't so texting driving 1.2 million people are injured by it every year 3,500 killed. Yeah. Yeah, this is the after school special episode of HBTC podcast because, well, it may seem kind of mundane. It's kind of important. Can't be, can't be doing that, guys. Don't, yeah. Put your phones away when you're driving. If you can get a hands free deal so you can answer calls, do it. I've gone to, I've gone to voice. And uh, I'm actually thinking about, so I use Signal for texting. And unfortunately, uh, I can get my messages. I can have my messages read via Google Assistant using, um, I just kicked off my Google Assistant. That's hilarious. <laughs> you, just, you just told Google to wake up? Yep. Um, but I cannot send a message using the Assistant. Uh, while using uh, uh, while driving well yeah I can't use the the assistant to send text messages with um, that app why I just I just said it um, signal and for those who oh, don't yeah. know signal is a uh, texting app that encrypts the message 
on both sides if both people have signal. Um, some other neat little features, but uh, now I'm thinking about going back so I can send. I can have them read to me oh, yeah. and send it back to you. Boy. Yeah, I use the I use an Android phone uh, for the most part. I mean, I use a iOS phone too because I have to for work. Um, but uh, I just use the uh, Messages for Android app because um, it's got a desktop app as well. And that's very helpful to be able to type and respond to text messages right from my that's from my right. laptop. And there's a Chrome plug-in. Yeah, yeah. So I actually I kind of did miss that. that. So don't text and drive. That's the moral of the story. Yep. Don't text and drive. Put your stupid phone away. When I see you looking down at your crotch when you're driving by, then I don't wonder if you're a pervert. I just think you're a moron for texting and driving or for reading. Instagram while you're uh, driving down the road or for watching the HBTC podcast live stream on Facebook while you're driving down the road. Why it, are you doing that? You can do, you can watch it later. It'll yep. be available to watch later, or you can find the podcast in audio form and listen to it. Yeah. Totally safe. Yep. Um, so uh, notable smokables this week had some good cigars this week. Um, so I just want to uh, mention a couple of them um, before we go. Um, I smoked oh. one of the the new from Protocol Cigars and Cigar Dojo, their collaboration oh. on the Nightstick. Cool. And it was it's sort of a it's a different Vitola of the K9 that uh, they released last year which I did not try the canine, but I did get some of the nightstick this year. And I smoked one as you're not supposed to do the very next day after I got them in the mail. Mm -hmm. And that cigar has balls. I, and you know me, I don't get strength from cigars. Um, and that cigar gave me did things. It gave me the boozy, sweats wow so that definitely that cigar's got yeah balls behind it what was one of yours i've got three okay. uh cigars this week that that really blew it away and well, let's go um, let's go back and forth yeah so, so what was one of yours um the new la polina connecticut okay um It really surprised me because it's not like any of the other La Polinas. I thought, you know, even if you go between the red and the blue label and, and the black label, um, they're all similar-ish. They're, they're different. They're definitely different. I'm not saying that, you know, they're not, but they're kind of, you know, you can tell they're a family yeah. you know, of yeah. cigars. The Connecticut was a distant cousin, okay. you know, um, and it was creamy and good and uh, loved it so good. a great new connecticut which i love finding so it's a good dessert cigar very much so okay um uh, another one for me was revisited an old friend the añejo shark <laughs> i mean <laughs> this was from um it wasn't from the 2018 batch it was from the 2016 batch oh and you 
it was just really, really great. One of the things that, I mean, I love the flavors that you get from the shark, but one of the things I like the most about it is um, if you're into that kind of thing, that cigar will hold an ash all the way down to the band, basically. Uh, and you actually have to work to get the ash off of there just because the way that it's rolled with that bellicoso box press, it holds an ash forever. Um, crap loads of smoke output. You get that sort of, you know, barrel aged woodsy kind of thing going. Um, just always, always a favorite of mine. All right. Uh, number two um, is going to be Just had them in my old face. Oh yeah, I had the uh, the Don Papine TAA release, and here's what I'll say about um, the Don Papine Blue Label TAA release. It's a Don Papine Blue Label. <laughs> So what you're saying is the Don Papine Blue Label tastes like a Don Papine Blue Label. It's crazy. That is it's like a hot pocket. Hot pocket. Hot pocket. Hot pocket. <laughs> um, which is a fantastic cigar. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. Um, Especially with age. But it was one of those where there was hype around it. There yeah. was some local hype. And I was excited because I loved the Blue Label cigar. And I was like, oh, wow, they made a TAA blend. Was just a different Vitola. And then I'm smoking it. I'm like, it's blue label. Yeah. Reached out to Matt. I was like, hey, what's the dealio with yeah. this TAA? He sent me the pictures. Yeah. And because I wanted yeah. to confirm. And yeah, it's 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 blue label. Very good cigar. Great cigar. No disrespect. But it's just a special size a of the blue label. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm -mm. But sometimes I think that's one of those cases like we were talking about earlier where social media hypes it up above and beyond what it actually is. Yep. So great cigar. But yep. um, so my last of the week uh, for notable smokables was um, the JSK Nugs. Damn you. The Nugs. So um, we've talked about this, I think, before, but this is the first to use Smoke One Two. That was my last. Oh, it was your last one. Okay. <laughs> well, we can we can both talk we about because we are gonna post an actual review on yeah. the site. Um, it's the first on the market premium cigar that's infused with CBD. I'm not a CBD user. I didn't know what to expect. Um, all things. You know, full disclosure, the first one that I smoked was a tasty little cigar, and I didn't feel a thing, nothing, but it was a tasty little cigar, and I said, okay, I'm just going to wait, and I smoked another one just this last week, so it's been a month or more since I smoked the first one, and I definitely got something this second time around. I, it, I just felt, I didn't feel sleepy. I just felt really calm. Like, like I just, I felt like my heart rate just dropped a little bit. I felt peaceful. 
and I didn't feel weird or anything because CBD is not um, THC. And I'm learning about the whole CBD thing. I'm a newbie and I'm, I'm completely clueless and I completely own up to that. I am clueless. I don't know a thing. I'm learning every little bit I can online and things like that. I felt calm. My heart rate dropped a little bit and I just felt, I felt okay. You know, I didn't, you know, that's really all I can say. But from the, from the pure cigar perspective, if you even take the CBD out of it, it is a tasty little cigar. It's got cedar and it's got leather and it's got, you know, some uh, even a little bit of cinnamon and, you know, things like that going on in there from what I remember of the notes that I put on my phone and tasty little bugger. So what were your thoughts? I have a giant ditto okay. uh, to all of that with the exception of uh, they both relaxed me. Um, I remember the first one I had, um, I felt absolutely, it was like, wow. And I went to bed maybe uh, half an hour after that cigar. So I finished up the cigar, did my little routine yeah. and uh, got in bed. And that's the fastest I've gone to sleep since my head hitting the pillow. Typically, my routine is uh, get into bed and, you know, I'll read a few things on my phone, some articles like Twitter. Um, and then I like to, my last little activity to really wind down my mind is to, uh, I play this chess game where it's solving chess problems. Yeah. And there's, there's six of them, two at, you know, uh, three different levels. And... Um, I didn't get through the first article oh, yeah? that I was reading and I fell asleep with my phone in my hand, which never happens. And I wasn't particularly tired. I was just that relaxed. Yeah. Um, so I knew that, you know, it was legit. It wasn't anything that I was doing in my head that, you know, made it that way. Like, so, uh, second, second one I had same, same thing. Same thing. So uh, I may need uh, a box of those every month to help me. I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's some there's some really good retailers that carry them. Uh, I don't know if anybody in the Twin Cities area yet has carried them, um, but um, I'm sure we can find out about that on MHC. Yeah. Uh, so so if if you haven't tried it, you guys. Yeah, it's out there. It's shipped. It's selling really fast. Um, but but like I said, the review, we are going to put the official review yep. up on the site. And I absolutely, when you said cinnamon, that was my... Was that on your that list too? That was my primary note okay. that, that I was getting. It wasn't quite um, the, the spice, you know, your typical spice when you're talking cigars, but it's like that cinnamon spice almost. Yeah. Um, and it is, you're right, CBD or not. Well, and from, it's a good cigar first. Yeah, it's a good cigar first, but it just happens to also have um, CBD. Yeah. And from what I understand, um, there is also going to be a Maduro version coming out. Awesome. As well. So and look to, for that. Um, answer. I, I remember we were talking about it early on too, and I was asking, you know, do you know what kind of CBD Risty uses and all of this? And I reached out to Risty, and he said, dude, just scan the QR code on the band. Or on the oh on yeah the that's, that's right that's right the so Risty is doing some really cool stuff with giving people information about his cigars and 
what yeah. he's doing and scan the QR code and well, the, so the, that remind yeah, the, so it reminds me and not to get too long winded on, but the QR code thing is actually the required any CBD product, mm. the QR code. And that's why the, uh, the labels that are on the cello on the nugs cigars have a QR code and that's required by federal law. Okay. Um, to give information about the CBD concentration and things like that and yep. the delivery system, all that. Um, so that's why that's on there. Um, if you can find them, uh, give it a try. We'll have our review out soon for that. Um, but those are this week's, uh, you know, notable smokables. We have, uh, have that segment at the end every week, just to let you know some of the stuff we've been enjoying mm-hmm. during the week. It could be new. It could be old. You never know what's going to be in that list. Yeah. And then another little note is next week, uh, we are going to be changing things up a little bit. I am traveling to Atlanta for work. And so next Tuesday, I won't be here on location. I will actually be in my hotel in Atlanta. And um, we're going to try and do the, the dual location yes. thing and see how that works. So yeah, that'll be a good experiment for us. Let us know. You yeah, know? let us know if everything sounds you know, good because this will be what this will be is because our setup here in the studio um, is, you know, works well for two people in here. But when we, because um, eventually we're going to get to the point where we have guests on here, so you don't just have to listen to us drone on all the time. Um, and this will be a great opportunity for us to test out how the Facebook Live system works with a remote guest. So we're excited to try that out next week. Um, but until then, keep uh, keep smoking great cigars this week and enjoying each other's fine company. Get out to your local cigar shops this week and get to know some new people. Get to know a few new cigars. And uh, if you have any questions, as always, hit us up on the website. You can send us questions there. Hit us up on Facebook. Um, and if there are any cigars that you want us to review, of course, let us know that as well. Um, and in the meantime, like we always say, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Take care.